Good evening. President Biden sounds the call for voting rights. A battle shapes up as Texas Democrats are threatened with arrest and homeland security on the high seas. With these and other stories, I'm Paul DiRienzo with the WBAI News for Tuesday, July 13th, 2021. The death toll climbed to 72 from rioting in South Africa on Tuesday, with many people trampled to death during looting at stores as police and the military fired stun grenades and rubber bullets to try and halt the unrest set off by the imprisonment of former President Jacob Zuma. More than 1,200 people have been arrested in the fighting and the lawlessness, I guess. I'm not there to tell that story. That has raged in poor areas of two provinces where a community radio station was that happened earlier today. And some COVID-19 vaccination centers were closed, disrupting urgently. COVID-19 curve in the United States is on the rise, driven by the fast-spreading Delta variant, lagging vaccination rates, and the 4th of July gatherings. Confirmed 1,600 a day on Monday, up from 11,300 on June 23rd, and that's according to John Hopkins University. All but two states, Maine and South Dakota, reported that case numbers have gone up over the past two weeks. Nationally, 55.6% of all Americans have received at least one COVID-19 shot, well below the 70% that President Biden had promised for July 4th. That's according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The five states with the biggest two-week jump in cases per capita all, unsurprisingly, had lower vaccination rates. And President Joe Biden declared that preserving voting rights is an urgent national test of our time today, as Texas Democrats took dramatic action to stymie Republican efforts to tighten ballot restrictions in their state. Speaking at the National Constitution Center in Philadelphia, Biden called the efforts to curtail voting accessibility un-American and undemocratic. Biden fired a broadside at former President Donald Trump, who continues to claim voter fraud put Biden in office with a choice expletive. In America, if you lose, you accept the results. You follow the Constitution. You try again. You don't call facts fake and then try to bring down the American experiment just because you're unhappy. That's not statesmanship. In Texas, for example, Republican-led state legislature to intimidate voters and... They want voters to dive further and be able to be in a position where they wonder who's watching them and intimidating them, to wait longer to vote, to drive a hell of a lot long, excuse me, a long way to get to vote. They want to make it so hard and inconvenient that they hope people don't vote at all. Biden tacitly admitted most of the GOP bills will probably pass, especially with a recent decision by a firmly conservative Supreme Court majority. But Biden added, we must prepare and never surrender. We will not give in. We will overcome. We will do it together. And guaranteeing the right to vote, ensuring every vote is counted, has always been the most patriotic thing we can do. Just remember... Our late friend John Lewis said, freedom is not a state, it's an act. Freedom is not a state, it's an act. And we must act and we will act. For our cause is just, our vision is clear, and our hearts are full. For we the people, for our democracy, for America itself, we must act. God bless you all and may God protect our troops and all those who stand to watch over our democracy. 
during the speech, the president described the power of the Republican voter suppression onslaught. He compared the GOP-sponsored laws to black segregation. This year alone, 17 states have enacted, not just proposed, but enacted, 28 new laws to make it harder for Americans to vote. Not to mention, and catch this, nearly 400 additional bills Republican members of the state legislatures are trying to pass. The 21st century Jim Crow assault is real. It's unrelenting. And we're going to challenge it vigorously. While while this broad assault faced with a GOP desperate to win back the House in 2022 and um, attacks on continuing attacks on election integrity, Biden says Americans need to be warned that the country is facing its greatest threat since the Civil War. We're facing the most significant test of our democracy since the Civil War. That's not hyperbole. Since the Civil War. The Confederates back then never breached the Capitol as insurrectionists did on January the 6th. I'm not saying this to alarm you. I'm saying this because you should be alarmed. President Biden added that that assault on democracy that's going on, he uh, has to be countered. And he said it has to be countered by coalitions. He advocated building coalitions to educate voters to the new voter restrictions and what the new rules are going to be. So hear me clearly. There's an unfolding assault taking place in America today, an attempt to suppress and subvert the right to vote and fair and free elections, an assault on democracy, an assault on liberty, an assault on who we are, who we are as Americans. For make no mistake, bullies and merchants of fear, peddlers of lies are threatening the very foundation of our country. Gives me no pleasure to say this. I never thought in my entire career I'd ever have to say it. But I swore an oath to you, to God, to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution. And that's an oath that forms a sacred trust to defend America against all threats, both foreign and domestic. Assault on free and fair elections is just such a threat, literally. And that is President Biden earlier today. Reverend Al Sharpton, who attended Biden's address, called it a good speech, but said he told Biden that advocates won't let up on him over the filibuster, the rule that forces Democrats to muster 60 votes to pass important legislation. Sharpton added, I told him that I was going to stay on him about the filibuster. We're still waiting on the filibuster. He described Biden as noncommittal on the issue. Journalist Greg Palast has been covering voter suppression in the United States. He says the GOP is determined to stop social change from changing America. The Republican Party has decided that given the change in demographics in Texas, they just can't win if you let people vote. They have no arguments, no case to make to the voters. So their response is, don't let them vote. It's almost impossible to get an absentee ballot 
in Texas. They have obscene ID requirements. And understand, they can't point to a one single case in a hundred years of someone voting using a false identity. You go to the slammer for five years. Didn't they just arrest someone so in Texas talk- who voted even though he was a wanted felon? In uh, Texas, you can't vote if you're still serving a sentence. If you're still on probation, a Latina woman was on supervision and she asked, may I still vote? And they said, yes, you may still vote because your sentence is over and you're only on supervision. They said if there's any problem, they won't count the ballot. Instead, they arrested her and they just sentenced her to five years in prison. That's their big fraud case. And then one second guy, again on probation, he served his sentence, whatever, and he waited in line seven hours. That's how they knew he had voted because he made a big point. He was like covered like on the national news, and he was the last person in this line who voted at one in the morning. He said, democracy is so important to me. He's facing 20 years in prison because they said, yeah, you can vote. You've finished your time. But nope, he was on supervision. Let's remember what caused this guy to get attention to his vote. He waited seven hours in line, seven hours in line. Why are these lines long? They're not long in white areas. I'll never forget. I went to Ohio where people waited in a November freezing weather in an outside parking lot five-hour lines. I went to the white suburb of Toledo. There was no line. There was a line of poll workers waiting for voters and giving them coffee and cookies when they showed up. And by the way, if you give someone coffee and cookies in Georgia, that's a felony crime. These are the games that are being played by the GOP. I've seen the Democrats pull these stunts, for example, in California, where it's Democrats are basically trying to keep progressive Democrats out of power. So Democrats do it too, but they do it against other Democrats. But in Georgia, Texas, Ohio, North Carolina, Florida, it is getting worse. I haven't seen it this bad in the 20 years I've been doing investigations of vote suppression. This is now the worst, and we're back with massive purges of voters. And one thing that no one in the national press has covered in Texas is Texas is joining a new purge system called ERIC. And when that happens, you're going to see half a million, half a million Texans lose their right to vote. Yeah, I would like to see. Yeah, they're demonstrating for democracy in Cuba. Maybe they can come over here and demonstrate and help us out, too. What's going to be the outcome of the president's speech this afternoon? It'll be a speech. (laughs) That's, That's what we're going to have. We're going to have a speech. What we have to do is have a commitment to democracy in America. I want to see the Justice Department kick ass and take down names. That's what I want to see. I don't need the speech. Send in the legal teams. But even then, it's very tough. Look at that Supreme Court. It's like the white citizens council. They changed their black robes for white sheets. It's really grim. But you know what? They can't steal all the votes all the time. As we saw in Georgia, they used every trick in the book. They still lost Georgia the vote fees. And we're going to see the same thing in Texas. I've been going to Texas. Let me tell you, they're finished. This is the last gasp of a, of a desperate, basically... When people don't choose their leaders, it's a dictatorship. This dictatorship in Texas is coming to an end. We were just listening to Greg Palast, journalist Greg Palast. And you're listening to the news on WBAI New York. I'm Paul DiRienzo. Cuban-born Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas delivered a clear message to the Cuban and Haitian people amid upheaval in both Caribbean nations. Don't come to the United States. He spoke today. In May... I announced the designation of Haiti 
for temporary protected status, TPS, for 18 months. Let me be clear, TPS is not an immigration program. It only benefits Haitian nationals who are already in the United States at the time of designation. TPS eligibility applies only to those Haitians who are already residing in the United States as of May 21st, 2021, and meet all other requirements. Again, I repeat, do not risk your life attempting to enter the United States illegally. You will not come to the United States. We are committed to supporting the Haitian government as it seeks justice in this case, and we affirm the United States support for the people of Haiti. We also stand in solidarity with the Cuban people and their calls for freedom from the repression and economic suffering that Cuba's authoritarian regime is causing. DHS is working with our partners to support the Haitian and Cuban people. The Coast Guard, along with our state, local, and federal partners, are monitoring any activity that may indicate increases in unsafe and irregular maritime migration in the Florida Straits, including unpermitted vessel departures from Florida to Cuba. The time is never right to attempt migration by sea. To those who risk their lives doing so, this risk is not worth taking. And that's Alejandro Mayorkas. Uh, he's of Cuban descent, and he's also Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. And Haiti's First Lady, Martine Moise, wounded in the assault that killed her husband, spoke over the weekend from a hospital in Miami where she was taken for treatment. Chauvenel, please pass a vingt-cinq l'année nous tape combat ensemble. Please pass a vingt-cinq l'année là nous tape bougeonner la famille. I'm alive, thanks to God, she said in Creole. In the blink of an eye, the mercenaries entered my home and riddled my husband with bullets. She said the mercenaries were sent to kill her husband because of roads, water, electricity, and referendum, as well as elections at the end of the year, so that there is no transition in the country. I'm crying. It is true, but we cannot let the country lose its way, Moïse said. We cannot let his blood have been spilled in vain. And an additional victim was found in the Surfside condo collapse rubble over the past day, raising the death toll to 95. May I, um, one of the victims, 85 years uh, of the pardon me of the victims, 85 have been identified, and next of kin for all 85 have been notified. Five more victims' identities were publicly released by Miami-Dade police on Tuesday afternoon including a baby. Miami-Dade Mayor Daniela Levine-Cava. Our teams have recovered an additional victim. The number of confirmed deaths is now 95. 85 of these victims have been identified and 85 next of kin have been notified. It's a scientific, methodical process to identify human remains. As we've said, this work is becoming more difficult with the passage of time. And although our teams are working as hard as they can, it takes time. 
Miami-Dade Mayor Daniela Levine-Cava. And in more voter news, Texas House Republicans passed a motion early today compelling the return of Democratic lawmakers who left the state in an effort to block passage of GOP-sponsored legislation to make changes in existing election laws. The sergeants at arms and any officers appointed by him are directed to send for all absentees whose attendance is not excused for the purpose of securing and maintaining their attendance under warrant of arrest if necessary. Members under the rules, while the House is under a call, any member who wishes to leave the hall must have the written permission of the Speaker. Governor Greg Abbott then threatened to have the members arrested and returned by force to Austin. Uh, I can and I will continue to call special session after special session after special session all the way up until election next year. And so if these people want to be hanging out wherever they're hanging out on this taxpayer paid junket, they're going to have to be prepared to do it for well over a year. As soon as they come back in the state of Texas, they will be arrested. They will be cabined inside the Texas Capitol until they get their job done. And during a news conference with fellow Texas state Democratic lawmakers on Capitol Hill in D.C., State Representative Rafael Anchia, state of uh, Texas representative, chair of the Texas Mexican American Legislative Caucus, explains their decision to leave the state in hopes of blocking the passage of voting restriction legislation. And we are not going to buckle to the big lie in the state of Texas, the big lie that has resulted that has resulted in anti-democratic legislation throughout the United States. We said no when the big lie came to the to the Capitol in Texas and darkened our door. We said no during the regular session, and we are saying no during the regular session. We are happy to work on bipartisan proposals that expand the right to vote, that make it easier to vote and harder to cheat in the state of Texas. But that is not what we saw even at the outset of this process when none of the amendments offered by my colleagues were considered in committee. We are not here smiling. We are not spiking the ball. We are not saying that we are happy. In fact, we are sad for democracy in the state of Texas. But Texas Republican Senator John Cornyn says the Democrats were playing dubious political theater and drinking beer on the taxpayer dime. All eyes are now on D.C.'s newest asylum seekers, the members of the Texas House of Representatives, the Democratic representatives. But the only oppressive force that these men and women are facing is the expectation that they would actually do their jobs in the Texas legislature, the job they campaigned for and were elected to do. They are using their collective power as the minority party to stop a bill they oppose from becoming law. While doing so, they came to Washington to try to convince the president and Senate Democrats to nuke the very Senate rule that protects the rights of the minority. In other words, you might say a filibuster for me, but not for thee. And that is Senator John Cornyn, Texas State Representative Retta Bowers and Representative Lloyd Doggett both spoke on the steps of the U.S. Capitol in Washington to counter the senator's comments. We are here in D.C., our nation's capital, because we want to protect the civil right to vote for millions of Texans. We were quite literally forced to move and leave the state of Texas. 
We also know that we are living right now on borrowed time in Texas. And we can't stay here indefinitely to run out the clock to stop Republican anti-voter bills. That's why we need Congress to act now and pass the For the People Act. We need the president and the vice president and every Democrat in this Senate working together to preserve American democracy. There is seldom been more at stake. That's why they're here. We need to see in the administration and in the Senate the same courage that these Texans have demonstrated. Deep in our hearts, I do believe we will overcome today. And another Texas representative, Chris Turner, says it's all about the former president. They're determined to do whatever it takes to curry favor with the Donald Trump base, which is the Republican Party now, and continue to promote the big lie that somehow Donald Trump actually won the last election that we all know he lost. And that's Texas Representative Chris Turner. And in some local short stories, a mayoral candidate and not the mayor met with President Joe Biden at the White House yesterday to discuss how to fight the rise in gun violence in New York and cities across the country. Eric Adams told reporters after the meeting, we must have a plan that's prevention and intervention. The Brooklyn Borough president and mayoral favorite visited the West Wing just one day after yet another violent weekend in New York City. Leaders from Washington, D.C., Chicago, Memphis, and other communities also participated. Adams argued they must address the underlying causes of violence from education deficits to unemployment to the lack of resources in impoverished areas. Adams said, we've abandoned black and brown and pure, poor communities in this country. The Biden administration's plan includes allowing state and local governments to reroute dollars from the American Rescue Plan to help promote public safety. In a memo released in advance of the meeting, the White House touted the millions of dollars New York City is prepared to put forward towards violence intervention programs. Biden said at the start of the meeting, we have to come together to fulfill the first responsibility of democracy. That's to keep each other safe. And finally, a shave and a haircut may no longer cost two bits but can now be done on Sundays in New York without fear of reprisal. A century-old blue law banning barbers from working on Sundays was repealed by Governor Andrew Cuomo, ending the threat of a misdemeanor charge in the process. The law was rarely enforced, but represented what have become antiquated restrictions on businesses operating on Sundays. And that's some of the news for Tuesday, July 13th, 2021. The news was produced. Linda Perry, our engineer is Reggie Johnson. From New York City, I'm Paul DiRienzo. Thanks for listening. <laughs>